Hey there, we're the Westlaw Pirates and welcome to the show. We're here to share our thoughts on Northwestern athletics and college sports with thoughts and analysis from the visceral to the statistical. We run our tailgate with the red pirate flag flying high above as we give no quarter, especially the fourth. I'm Sam Walter. I'm John Lacombe. And I'm Eric Skoskaspo. Well guys, we are here to talk today about the Michigan Wolverines, Jim Harbaugh's boys. Um, have, they, have they taken like any crazy overseas trips that uh, that you guys are aware of this year? Not yet. Not not unless Harbaugh's just gone off by himself somewhere. You know, <laughs> I I don't know. I I feel like soon we'll be getting Shea Patterson and and Harbaugh will have to have some sort of Instagram story. You know to. To make playing golf, no doubt, together. <laughs> so, John, defensively, Michigan was one of the most talented defenses in the country last year. They were, they were phenomenal. A um, bunch of guys graduated, uh, but I, I have to imagine there, there's some just severe blue chip guys just chomping at the bits to, to get in there, right? Yeah, it's funny you say phenomenal. That's what I have written down. Um, so it's funny, though, to your point, it's kind of 2017 all over again for the Michigan defense. And what I mean is three years ago, um, Michigan fielded an unbelievable defense. Um, and then in 2017, they lost 10 of 11 starters. And that was a big question mark heading into the 2017 season, what was going to happen. And Michigan responded by fielding an unreal defense that season. Um, it's really one of the greatest reloads ever seen in college football. And then last year, the Wolverines bought almost all of that new wave of players back. And those players did exactly what they were expected to do, which is mop the floor with their competition, with the number one total defense in the Big Ten, and the number three scoring defense in the Big Ten. This was one of the best defenses in the country, hands down. Um, Now, though, Michigan is once again, to the 2017 point, staring at a massive rebuild. Um, This time, they don't lose 10 of 11 starters, but they lose their hands-down top three players in uh, linebacker Devin Bush and Chase Winovich, who was a holy terror against Northwestern, um, and tackle Rashawn Gary. And defensive line coach Greg Madison went Benedict Arnold and joined Ohio State in just an epic heel turn. Um, So that's a lot of talent to wave goodbye to. But don't exactly weep for the Wolverines. Um, There are so many returning players on this team who had at least three tackles for loss last year that I honestly gave up counting them. Um, the main guy to highlight is probably Josh Uche, who is a freak athlete of like a defensive end linebacker hybrid who had eight tackles for loss and seven sacks last year. He's most likely going to be the number one pass rush guy for Michigan this year. And opposite him is likely to be Quiddy Pae, who is a defensive end with a great frame. He had five and a half tackles for loss of his own last year. And remember, for both of these guys, most of this came in like reserve duty. So these guys are getting their chance to shine right now, and they're both really good. Um, in the secondary, the Wolverines lose two starters, but they return a wealth of talent. And that talent starts with Lavert Hill, who is one of the best, most disciplined cover corners in the country. His stats aren't crazy, but like his like second level statistic cover skills, all the advanced numbers, like this guy is just awesome. 
Um, and they have an AP All Big Ten first team safety in Josh Metalis. So those two guys are excellent skilled football players, um, and they're going to be the de facto leaders of this defense, really, overall. And next to Metalis at safety is probably going to be true freshman monster recruit Daxton Hill, who was the number one safety in the nation coming out of high school and is just a massive athlete. Um, so with all that said, if Michigan has anything resembling a weakness, interestingly enough, it's probably at linebacker. Um, if you watched Michigan's bowl game, um, you know that Devin Bush, who had left by that point, was sorely missed. And John Ross, who is probably Michigan's best returning linebacker, um, he's like, he's okay, but he's not amazing. And as of right now, it doesn't appear that there's any kind of phenom prepared to emerge here on the par with kind of what Michigan has been pumping the shotgun with at its other positions. So this is going to be a solid group of linebackers, but certainly not a great group. But the thing to remember uh, when gluing this Michigan defense together is just how many players return who made at least some kind of a solid reserve contribution last year. Um, And again, remember how good that first wave of guys were um, and that there's a really good chance that there are guys waiting to step in and fill that production. This defense is really a monument to recruiting. There's just so much overall talent here waiting to prove itself on the field. Bush, and as any Northwestern fan can tell you, especially Winovich, will certainly be missed. But I'd say we'd all be advised to wait and see whether or not Michigan will, quote, regress. Um, And I'd say shade more towards, like, just how great this new crop of stars will be. This probably isn't going to be the best defense in the conference, but it's probably going to be pretty close. Let's discuss offensively. Um, you know, Shea Patterson, after coming over from Ole Miss, uh, gets his waiver, plays right away, has a good season. Uh, was it a great season? I don't know if you could say that, but it, it was solid. But I, I'd if imagine... Harbaugh just would have let him run the plays, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I'd imagine yeah he'll be getting better. Well, what's interesting is I, I actually thought he was probably the best Michigan QB we've seen in a long, long, long time. Um, and going into last year, my perspective was Harbaugh finally has his QB. This is the thing he's been missing. Like, this is the last piece to the puzzle. Can he put it together? And it came close. Came pretty close until they got absolutely obliterated by Ohio State, um, which I think was less about Shea Patterson and and the offense than it was about uh, the defense and whatever happened there. But if there was ever a year, and I think I said this last year, but I'll say it again. If there was ever a year, this has to be the year. Harbaugh has a senior QB. He has four returning starters on offensive line, a bevy of receiver talent, and maybe most importantly, a modern offensive coordinator. He also, as a bonus, has no Urban Meyer to keep him up at night. Will it work? Who knows? Um, you know, I could wade through all the personnel. I don't think that's what really matters. To your point, Sam, Shea Patterson was good last year. I thought he was really good. He threw for 2,600 yards, um, almost 65% completion percentage, and a 22-17 to 17 to pick ratio. 
However, and whether he tweeted it or not, to his point, he was stuck in an ancient <laughs> offense. They had an almost two to one run to pass ratio, seventy fourth in the in the NCAA in average plays per game. By bringing in Josh Gaddis as their new offensive coordinator, I I think that is as big, if not bigger, than the acquisition of Patterson in the first place. So Gaddis was co-coordinator of Alabama's offense last year. He coached wide receivers under Joe Moorhead at Penn State the two years before that. This has the potential to finally bring Michigan into the modern era of exciting college football offense. It could make them look a little bit more like Alabama and a little bit less like an Andrew Le- an Andrew Luckless Stanford. Um, that being said, there's one big question mark, and that's the running game. They were pretty pedestrian against good teams last year. They've also lost Karen Higdon. I remember going. <laughs> I remember going into the Big Ten Championship. We were kind of hoping for Michigan to upset Ohio State because. We were looking at their rushing numbers against good defenses, and we were like, oh, my God, we can shut these guys down. Like, 100% we could shut these guys down, and we would have. Uh, sadly, it was not to be. But as a result, like, they were not great against – they couldn't run the ball against good teams. They averaged, what, 1.8 against Notre Dame, 2-something against Michigan State, and then they lost Karen Higdon, the guy that they leaned on all of last year. There's a lot of, of other players coming back. True Wilson was pretty good last year. Christian Turner is a redshirt freshman that, that Phil Steele has listed as the potential starter. There's a lot of potential names. There are no superstars, but there are a pair of ludicrous recruits in Devin Ford and Noah Kane. They're they're like top five guys at the position. Kane was in for spring. Um, I would I would put my money on on one of those two guys seeing significant time this year. The other piece to this is that the offensive line, when you look at the advanced stats, was not was not fantastic last year. They were pretty low in um, adjusted line yards, meaning yards that are attributed to the offensive line on rushing plays. Uh, they were middling in terms of their power rate in um, in power situations, but they are widely seen by everyone as the best unit in the conference uh, this year, based primarily on returning personnel. Um, their four returning starters were either on on the first, second, or third All-Big Ten team at the end of last season. They've also recruited well. There's also this expectation that Ed Warner is going to continue to work his magic uh, with with their offensive line. So that that feels pretty damn solid to me. Tariq Black and Donovan Peoples-Jones are hands down the best receiver tandem in the conference. Their tight end position is always decent. All the pieces are here. And with Gaddis on board, the the coaching element seems to have finally arrived as well. I think this could be the year that Michigan finally pulls it off, goes undefeated during the regular season, and gets to the playoff, and gets demolished and shut out by Clemson. <laughs> well, let's let's run through that schedule. Um, you know, and I know, I know we've talked about a little bit in the past. I, I know I've hinted at a potential roadblock early on for Michigan, but... Uh, <laughs> oh, God, if Army is the... Sorry. <laughs> but if Army is the thing, oh, my God, that'd be amazing. Yeah, no, I mean, there's a, just, there's a very real possibility of that. Uh, so they open the year at home against Middle Tennessee, then Army, um, which it just is a very difficult team to 
prepare for and a difficult team to play. And especially as as well as they've been playing lately, you know, it, it's not it's not out of the realm of possibility for Army to go into Michigan and come away with a W. Especially early on, they may not have gelled completely in the new offense. I don't know. It, it's it's a possibility. Um, by week after Army, before they travel to Wisconsin, home for Rutgers and Iowa, at Illinois, at Penn State, and then home for Notre Dame, at Maryland, by week, home for Michigan State, at Indiana, and home for Ohio State. So they get their three biggest rivals at home. And yes, I'm counting Notre Dame as a bigger rival than Penn State. Yeah, like totally. Like this, this schedule is perfect for them. I mean, if it's like if you if you look, I mean, everything Scuzz said is true. If you look for a team and you're asking yourself what team has the least amount of question marks coming into this season in the Big Ten on both sides of the ball, it's Michigan. Um, Michigan has the you know uh, has maybe a little bit less on paper talent than Ohio State, but unlike Ohio State, they didn't decide to poop the bed defensively last year, um, and this team lost. Notable guys, but they didn't lose that many guys um, on defense. And I don't know, like I like all the pieces are here. Like this is a team that you can't write off the bat point to any big weakness. Because like Scuzz said, yeah, they've lost Higdon, but I mean, the potential is there for one of those young guys to be just amazing. We're all, you know, we love the dream of this Army game. It's true. They have, like, the best Army team in, like, the last 20 years on their schedule. There's also a good chance they obliterate that Oh, team. sure. No, absolutely. Um, like, Army's defense doesn't have anything to handle what Michigan's going to be throwing at it, especially through the air. Um, and, you know, it's it, it's funny. I mean, I you know, if I was going to take an extremely pessimistic view, I mean, absolute nightmare scenario for Michigan. I you know, it could get as low as seven games just because their schedule has so many good teams. But still, then you're trying to talk yourselves into them losing to Iowa and Penn State, and I mean, they're just flat better than both of those teams. I think just in terms of being complete teams. Um, I give them credit for scheduling a Notre Dame team that's this that this took. I mean, Ian Book versus Shane Patterson. Uh, Shea Patterson is going to be awesome. Um, it's going to be an amazing game, um, and just like Shea Patterson, Justin Fields. But um, I think, yeah, Scuzz is right. I mean, Michigan very well might be the best team in every game that they play on their schedule, and then it's just a question of can they actually do it. And I mean, just the fact that all of those key games are at home. I mean. They're, they're tough. They're tough road games at Wisconsin, at Penn State. Wisconsin, you know, we'll talk about them when we get to the Northwestern uh, schedule. I don't know about. I don't know about that. Is like, I don't know. I mean, um, and then Penn State. You know, it there. There's talent on Penn State. It, it's a trip to Happy Valley. I, you know, I, I don't see it happening. But there's a there's a chance. But they beat they beat Penn State forty two to seven last year. Okay. Yeah. No, I mean they're they are I mean and that was really their hallmark game, right? I mean but they're I mean they are we've I mean we've previewed Penn State, listened to the preview, but I feel like this is they are a much more complete team than Penn State is. And the last time they played at Penn State, they lost forty two to thirteen. Yeah. Yeah, they did. And 
Now that was the Joe Moorhead Trace McSorley year. It's uh, the second year of that of that combo. Um, now I like when I look back at the past, you know, three years, they haven't even gotten close. You know, they lost to Utah in the beginning of 2015. That was the year where it was uh, that was Harbaugh's first. They lost to Michigan State later that year. I believe that was the um, the punt fiasco. Am I oh right yeah, yep, 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 yep. Last they get the they do get a bye this week to this year to prepare for Michigan State yep. and that's at home. I mean it's super helpful and it's late. Uh, the so that in fifteen they lost to Michigan State, which ironically was at home. The following year they beat them on the road. Then in twenty seventeen they again lost to Michigan State at home. That was the crazy rain soaked game where they just they couldn't do anything, and Michigan State won fourteen to ten, which was just like highly highly improbable but again it was an early october game this year playing them the third to last game of the year coming off of a bye in november when like the stuff's really hitting the fan i don't know like it's it's interesting they haven't had michigan state and ohio state this close to one another in a long time but i i like their chances obviously ohio state is the giant cliff they need to to climb um Ryan Day is still going to be solid there. You know, we haven't gotten to our Ohio State preview yet, but it just feels like there's that team lost a lot. And by year end, they should be humming again. But this Michigan team is going to be working towards that all season long. And I think, and I, and more than importantly, I think they've got the pieces to 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 finally get over that hump. So their their ceiling is the playoff. Yep. Can could they? I mean, you said earlier they get annihilated by Clemson. Could they hang with Clemson or Bama? I mean, if everything totally comes together. I mean, Patterson has that, you know, if if he's playing with his head screwed on straight, he's got that ability to, you know, be a poor man's Russell Wilson out there. Um, He's, you know, the same type of quarterback when he's doing things the right way. Um, And given that, you know... From a star's perspective, the team Michigan's going to be putting out on the field is at least in the same ballpark um, as as those other teams. So, if, if I think about those other two teams and just like going like position group by position group, where I feel like it falls apart is D line. Like Michigan's really good, but these aren't. They don't have like three to four number one draft picks on their on their D line right now, and both Alabama and Clemson do. Sure. Yeah, it's true. And again, it's and and I do believe too that if you look at like the running backs on Alabama's roster yeah. or oh, Clemson's yeah. roster, if those guys get to the second level against Michigan, that's just a straight up mismatch. I mean, that's just the one area that Michigan's not stacked at with talent right now. Um, and there are no areas that Clemson and Alabama are not stacked at talent. They are stacked with talent everywhere. If everything goes south for Michigan, what's the floor? Oh boy! I mean, nine wins or lower has to be considered a disaster for this team. Um, I think. I mean, you know, if this team loses, if this team wins ten and loses to Notre Dame and Ohio State, that's a tough pill to swallow for Wolverines fans. But I mean, it's still a great season, and you know, tack on a bowl win, and you've got eleven wins, and you know, it'd be a bitter pill. But anything south of that. This team and what they have winning nine games or less, that's that's rough. So, 
I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out what the calculus is for how how that collapse happens, Sammy. Because um, one of the interesting things, if something happens to Shea Patterson, they got Dylan McCartney sitting right there. Like McCaffrey. They, yeah, McCaffrey. Thank you. Um, like, I I think what it would have to be is the problems they had on O-line last year, like even though they bring back a ton of experience and talent that they just, they just don't gel in a way that allows them to establish a running game. And maybe they can't pass protect. I mean, they, they were, they were really good in pass pro last year. Like maybe they can't, maybe they get a, a, a tough injury at one of the tackle positions and they become pretty weak there. Like the only, 2007 is, is the last time Michigan was this highly regarded, right? That was the year that um, they lost to App State to start the season. You've, you've talked about Army as a potential really, really fun <laughs> upset that um, almost certainly won't happen, but that's just a really weird team to play. That year they lost four games. So they lost to Appalachian State. They got blown out the next week by Oregon. And then they lost at Wisconsin and Ohio State to, the, to end the year. I mean, I think it would have to be something like that, like just some totally out of the blue. They're they're not going to get beat by Penn State. I I don't think Wisconsin's good enough to pull it off, even at home. But that being said, maybe some combination of like Army, Wisconsin, Notre Dame, and Ohio State. Um, and I think four losses like that would be catastrophic. But I I can't see them falling below that. I really can't. Yeah, I mean, I, I would tend to agree with you. I mean, this is this is a really, really good team, and they're going to be in the conversation uh, the entire season. And you know, that Ohio State game could very easily be, you know, who goes to the Big Ten championship, like it has the past several years. Um, and you know, they'll have to get past Northwestern to uh, see if they can get into the playoff. But you know, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. I will say this, if they do have a bad loss early, like Army or Wisconsin, um, even at Penn State, like teams that are not going to be, you know, top 10 towards the end of the year, like that's going to be really tough to overcome. And their, and their fans are all going to hit like the, the panic button immediately. Right. And when Michigan fans start panicking that, uh, that gets entertaining. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. <laughs> I mean, we can all we can all dream for a loss to Army followed by two weeks before Michigan plays again, where oh World Three Nation loses <laughs> its collective mind. It's not going to happen, but just dream of the chance. Yeah. All right, well, let's go ahead and leave it there uh, for Michigan. Uh, head to our website, westlotpirates.com, where you can leave comments and questions. Find us on Facebook. Find us on Twitter, at westlotpirates. And you can always email the show, westlotpirates at gmail.com. Tune in next time as we give our visceral and statistical views on Northwestern athletics. And look for us in the west lot of Ryan Field flying the red pirate flag, because we give no quarter, especially the fourth. John Lacombe and Eric Skazba and Sam Walter. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time.